The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of The Dan Scott Show. As you just heard, always presented by Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. Can you believe this is our 10th episode of this new venture? God has brought this thing so far so quickly. It's just incredibly blessed to be where we are on all eight of our affiliates and just anticipating in the not-too-distant future, he's going to take this in, in even more places and more directions, perhaps ones that we don't even know. But uh, happy to be here. Hope that you are doing well. Just got to remind you, first of all, last week's episode with Don Harper uh, was not only one of my favorites to do because of the, the role that Don plays in my life as a mentor, but it's also been among the first nine episodes that we've done, one of the most downloaded when it's gone to the podcast archives. And I'll just remind you that every show that we do, once the final airing is done on Sunday, is immediately available at the Dan Scott Show podcast site or at the website, danscottshow.org, by just going to the Affiliates and Archives page, and you'll see it there. We are available on every podcast uh, site out there, just about everyone, including Pandora, which is our newest one. Just search Dan Scott Show Podcast. You can catch the replay of every episode that we've done since we started this new venture. No doubt you can hear my voice. It is not 100%. I uh, have come off of a two-week battle with a lingering cold, and what happens with me is when I get a cold, all the Symptoms run their course, and the last thing that happens is everything settles in my throat and I lose my voice, which is not good for someone who makes his living as a broadcaster. Invariably, I have to go on a steroid treatment to get my voice back, which I'm doing now. So I always offer up this disclaimer. Yes, I'm on steroids. No, they are not enhancing my performance, as you can tell. Anyway, it's partially because of the way my voice is that we're doing what we are doing this week. wanted to try to give it as much of a break as possible, considering that I'm also broadcasting basketball and baseball games this time of year. And I had the opportunity uh, a couple of weeks back to speak at a drug and alcohol rehab center here in the state of South Carolina called Hope Center Ministries. It's the second time that I've had a chance to do that. And it's a, a very unique opportunity. The first time I was really a little unsure as to how it was going to go because I'd never done it before. And it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings that I've had in my uh, new public speaking ministry. It was incredible. So was this one. When we come back, we'll set that up and let you hear the talk that I gave to the men at Hope Center Ministries here in South Carolina coming up in just a moment. But first, here's something about Grand Slam Ministries. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little, and sometimes nothing, until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's grandslamministries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Mm-hmm. 
Episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show continuing. Good to have you along with us as we move forward. Looking ahead to the next few weeks, one of the guests we'll have coming up in the not-too-distant future is a guy by the name of John Finch who has put together a movie that you can find on YouTube called The Father Effect, and it's just what it says. It's the effect that fathers have on the lives of their children and the effect that the lack of a father has on the lives of children. It's uh, an incredible movie. John Finch is going to be joining us. He's one of the guests that we have coming up over the course of the next couple of weeks, and you can always follow us on social media to get a preview of what's coming up. The uh, Twitter handle is Grand Slam for God, or my personal Twitter handle is Dan Scott Show. Facebook page, Grand Slam Ministries, also have a Christian Facebook page under Dan Scott. You can search and find that. We would love to have you join us on social media. And just always remind you that you can drop us an email anytime, dan at danscottshow.org. As mentioned, had the chance a couple of weeks back to speak to the men at Hope Center Ministries, a drug and alcohol rehab center here in the state of South Carolina. Shared my testimony, shared the gospel with them. You're going to hear that talk now. Do want to say, though, for those of you listening on Paisley Radio in Paisley, Scotland, this is the second time you've heard me speak in the three episodes you've carried. This is unusual. The first episode that you aired, I did especially for you to introduce you to the show, who we are, what we're doing, uh, and why we're doing it. And uh, for everyone else, this is only the second time they have heard one of my talks in the first 10 episodes. So I just wanted to make sure you folks in Scotland understand that this is a little bit unusual. Again, it has a lot to do with the cold that I've been battling. But anyway, hope you'll be blessed by this. Here is our conversation, or my talk rather, with the men at Hope Center Ministries. Again, I'm just honored to be here, although in the interest of full disclosure, I got to tell you that I was not Greg's first choice to be here tonight. When it came time to find a speaker this evening, he said he wanted to get the best, the most dynamic speaker he could find for you men. And he called that guy and he said no. He said, well, if I can't get the best, I want to get the most entertaining guy that I could find. And he called that guy and he said no. He said, well, if I can't get the best or the most entertaining, I want to get somebody at least reasonably good looking because we don't want to scare these people to death. And he called him and he said no. So about a month ago, Greg called and asked if I would come and and speak here this evening. And and I really felt bad because I'd already turned him down three times. (laughs) I can tell this is going to be a good night. This is going to be a good night. You guys got it. That's good. Um. As I said, I'm excited, I'm humbled, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to speak to you men here this evening, and and my prayer is that as I share what God has put on my heart over these next few minutes, that the Holy Spirit will move. That, yeah, it's my voice that you hear, but my prayer is that you hear that still, small voice of God over the course of the next little while, and that He will be the one that's glorified tonight. Now, the one thing that I'm not going to do is patronize you guys. I'm not going to stand up here and try to convince you that I know what you're going through, that I know what all of your individual struggles are, because I don't. And I would not insult you by trying to do that. What I am going to do is share my testimony and share how God took me from a broken shell of a man, a man on the verge of losing everything and everybody that he loved, and brought me to new life in Jesus Christ. And I pray that in doing that, that being as transparent as I can and bearing my soul here tonight in front of all of you, that God will use that in some way to speak to some of you here this evening and maybe some of you who are joining us via Zoom. But guys, what I want to talk to you about tonight is dealing with the past. When it comes to our past, we have two choices. We can let our past define us and not just bring us down, but keep us down. Or we can give that past to Jesus Christ. Turn our lives over to Him and let Him turn that mess into a message and those trials into our testimony. 
And if anybody knew about having their past sins forgiven, it was David. I'm, Greg said that, that this program is a, is a Christian-based program, so I'm, I'm hoping that most of you know who King David was in the Bible. David was described as a man after God's own heart, and, and he was the man that it was determined by God that it was from his line that the Messiah would come, that ultimately the earthly family of Jesus Christ would come from the line of David. But David made a lot of mistakes in his life. A lot of mistakes. And the biggest one he made was one night when he was on the rooftop of the palace in Israel when he was supposed to be leading his troops into battle. And he looked down on the rooftop of another house and he saw this young lady named Bathsheba taking a bath on the roof of her house. And David began to have those feelings that churn up. We all have had them in the past. The Bible calls it lust. And he said, I want that woman. And David was the king of Israel, so whatever David wanted, David got. And David sent for Bathsheba, had her brought to him. And if you know the story, he ended up sleeping with her, which led to a child being born out of wedlock, which led to him trying to cover that up, which led to him having her husband killed in battle. He was guilty of murder. He did all of those things. And if you know the story, this went on for about a year. About a year, David was out of fellowship with God. And finally, God sent the prophet Nathan to confront David about that sin. And Nathan told David a story about a man who had plenty and about another man who had almost nothing. And the man who had plenty took what little the man had away from him. And David became enraged because he thought Nathan was telling him a true story. He didn't know that Nathan was. David said, whoever that is needs to be punished. And Nathan pointed his finger in David's face. He said, you are the man. That could have gotten Nathan killed, by the way. But he was there on a mission from God. You are the man, David. David finally confessed his sin. And when he did that, God forgave him. Now the relationship had to be repaired. And David's family would be in conflict for pretty much the rest of his life. But the point is that his sins were forgiven. David asked for forgiveness and God forgave him. And in the 103rd Psalm, David praised God for that forgiveness. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Somebody should write a song with those lyrics, shouldn't they, Greg? That's right. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. And guys, this is one of Satan's favorite tricks. And though the Bible tells us that God has the ability to forget our sins. We just read in Psalms, removes them as far as the east is from the west. In another place in the Bible, it says He buries them in the depths of the deepest ocean. God has the ability to forget our sins, but Satan likes to constantly remind us of our failures. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And it's a strategy that it took me a long time to recognize. I, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was and still is a pastor and a, and a preacher. He's been going for over 50 years now. He's 75 years old and, and still going. And I don't know that it's appropriate to tell this joke in this particular setting, but I'm going to anyway. I always joked growing up in a home of a pastor and a preacher that I had a drug problem. Every time the church doors were open, I was drug inside. Okay, you got it. That's good. Um, I had the proper upbringing. 
I knew right from wrong. I saw firsthand what a Christian marriage was supposed to be between my mom and my dad. And yet in my own marriage, guys, as a husband and as a father, I was a failure. Over and over and over again, I failed. Men, sin ruled and almost ruined my life. Circumstances that happened to me when I was younger festered in me and affected me in ways that I, I never really thought was possible. And I never really dealt with it, realized it until years later. But when I was in the neighborhood of seven, maybe eight years old, my grandmother, we grew up in West Virginia. My grandmother lived in a little coal camp over in Kentucky, five miles apart, different state. And we used to go over there and spend so many great, great days over there with her and, and with the family. But in that little coal camp area, there were some older boys. And for an extended period of time, when I was about that age of seven or eight, they sexually abused me. And it went on for quite a while until one man found out about it and spoke up. And I didn't realize it at that time, but it had a lot of effects on me and I didn't deal with it until years later. It, it really warped my view of sex quite honestly. And it also contributed to massive insecurity that just plagued me all through my junior high and high school years. And, and, and even, it, it, this surprises people, Greg, but even now, to a certain extent, I'm fi almost 56 years old. God lets me see April 14th, I'll be 56. Doing the job that I do, I still battle it sometimes. For most of the first 22 years of my marriage to Angela, I was leading a double life. I had developed dual personalities. My favorite television show growing up was MASH. Any MASH fans in the house? I became very much like the Hawkeye Pierce character. Okay? Loud, wisecracking, practical joker who kept that public persona here, out here in front of everybody, so nobody could see what was going on in here. Out here was Dan Scott. And as long as people saw him, nobody saw Daniel. And all the time, somebody mentioned, they used to listen to me when I was on the air uh, doing the talk show at Clemson. The whole time I was on the air, this was going on in my life. While Dan Scott was hosting that show and doing Clemson baseball on the radio and being told how great he was by people doing it, doing fundraising. I mean, we raised, and this is no exaggeration, in the 11 years I was on the air, we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for different charities, for individuals, for families, for groups, just on my show. It was incredible. While we were doing all that and impacting the community in positive ways, behind the scenes, Daniel was drinking way too much. It's not a joking matter, but I used to joke that I got to the point where I was spelling drink with a U instead of an I. I had an addiction to pornography that got worse and worse and worse every passing day, every passing month, every passing week, every passing year. That's a road when you start down it. There, there's no going back. I cheated on my wife multiple times, physically and emotionally. I had small town celebrity status because of the radio show and because of the baseball broadcast. And guys, believe me when I tell you that I used that status to my advantage every chance I got. And I'll just let your imaginations run with it. I was preparing a talk back in, at the end of November for a friend of mine, uh, a pastor of a church up in Inman. His name is Brad Atkins, and, and I have a special place in my heart for Brad because he saw me at my worst and now he has brought me to speak to his church. Not that I'm at my best. I won't be at my best until I get to heaven, but I'd like to think I'm trending in that direction. But as I was preparing a, a version of my testimony, I was going to tell him about Grand Slam Ministries. 
my Bible reading that morning had me in the book of Jude. And I came across Jude 1.16. Guys, there are no coincidences with God. Okay? Remember, I just said that I used that celebrity status, small town celebrity status I had to my advantage. Every chance I got. Listen to what Jude 1.16 says. This is the New King James Version. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. You're looking at it. That was me. To the outside world, guys, I was a great husband. I was a great father, an upstanding member of the community. But see, they could not see what was going on in here. They couldn't see that Angela and I were not communicating. They couldn't see that I wasn't modeling what a Christian father looks like to my two daughters. I couldn't because I wasn't a Christian. They couldn't see the nights that I laid in bed crying. Literally, physically crying trying to find a way out of the mess that I had created financially, all these other things that were going on. But you know what's interesting? The Bible's always right. And Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he won't depart from it. All that time, men, day after day, week after week, year after year, I knew I was wrong because I had that upbringing. I knew that I needed to change. I knew I needed Christ in my life. But see, I, I, I don't think that we give Satan enough credit. And a lot of times we don't even mention his name in church anymore. But guys, the devil's real. Hell is real. And he wants to take as many people there as he can. And he'll use any trick that he can. He's devious. He's deceptive. And it ain't his first rodeo. He's been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And, and the analogy that I like to use is he keeps giving you rope. And giving you rope. And, and you think you're having a good time. And, and with me, it was, hey, you want to go get drunk? Here's some rope. Go ahead. You want to go mess with another woman, maybe another man's wife? Here's some rope. Go ahead. You want to spend hours going down those places you shouldn't go on the Internet? Here's some rope. Go ahead. But what happens is before you know it, he's taken that rope and he's got you bound. Hand and foot. And there's nothing in your human strength that you can do to break that bondage. Nothing. And I used to have these imaginary conversations in my head with Satan. And he would say, yeah, you know what? You do need to give your life to Christ. I mean, read the Bible. devil knows who's... Jesus is. He knows the Scriptures. He used them and tried to twist them when He tempted Christ in the wilderness. And He would say, you, you do need to give your life to Christ. But to do that, you're going to have to tell your wife what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your children what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your church. I was going to church. You're going to have to tell your parents, your radio audience. Everybody's going to know what a fraud you've been all these years. And are you ready for that to happen? And unfortunately and, and sadly, I have to stand here before you tonight and admit for a long time the answer to that question was no. But guys, I'm so glad that we have a God who pursues us. And when I say pursues men, I mean that He pulled the rug out from under me. Cartoon style. I'm flipping head over heels. In rapid succession, God removed all the things in my life that were roadblocks to Him. The Clemson radio gig, the Clemson baseball gig, my status in the community, my plans to leave my wife. I was living in a hotel. I'd moved out. He exposed me to the world. I didn't have to tell people what I was doing. He did it for me. First time it blew up was December 23rd of 2011. That's when everything that I was doing was found out by my wife and my kids. We went to counseling, and, and I have to believe this was God working. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but I told my wife the only way I'd go to marriage counseling is we went to a Christian counselor. And Greg, I don't know if I thought we wouldn't find one or what, but we did. 
Her name is Kim McManus, and, and she had such a huge role, and God put her in our life to, to do such a great work with our marriage and, and, and to get us dealing with things that we needed to deal with. But I would go to those counseling sessions, trying to do the right thing, and then I would leave and talking about Satan having you bound, I would leave one of those sessions and I would go drink. I'd call up one of the other women. He just kept pulling me back in and I did not have the strength to do it myself. That went on for six months and then on June the 9th of 2012, it blew up again. And this time it was real. The first time I was sorry I got caught. But this time my children became so disgusted with me that they left the house. Angela had gone as far as she could go. We had reached that line of demartation. And we all have these indelible moments that will always be burned into our brains. And I'll never forget my oldest daughter. She was getting married six weeks later. And she got in her car and our driveway slopes down to the road. And she was going to her fiance's house. She had had enough of me. She got down to the bottom of the driveway. She slammed on the brakes. She flew the door open. She marched back up the driveway. She put her finger in my face and she said, you can forget about walking me down the aisle. Now, I always have to circle back because I've told that story before and I have forgot to mention and I've been asked about it afterwards. By the grace of God, I did get to walk her down the aisle six weeks later. But we'll get to that in a minute. Children had left the house. Angela had gone as far as she could go. Guys, I had hit bottom. I had gotten as low as I could go. And maybe some of you in here understand this when I say this, but sometimes that's what it takes. Amen. Because when I got as low as I could go, guys, the only place that I could look was up. And that's when I saw Jesus. And He was standing there with His arms open wide saying, Son, come home. Come home. We had driven overnight to my parents' house in West Virginia because I needed to talk to my dad. And on June 10th of 2012, in my parents' living room, I gave my life to Christ. And it's the best decision I've ever made. He forgave me, guys. He changed me. You hear what I'm saying? He forgave me. And nothing Satan says or does can change that. And, and I hear people say all the time, well, you know what? God's forgiven me. I know that, but, but I just can't forgive myself. And I want to grab them by the collar and, and shake them. And, and, and you're telling me that your standards are higher than God's? Come on. We just talked about David. And he wrote that God puts our sins as far as the east is from the west. And there may be some of you sitting in here tonight and you may be thinking that you're too far gone to be saved. I don't know your hearts. And, and again, I, I would never, never insult you by trying to, trying to say that I understand where each of you are because I don't know. But there may be somebody here who is saying to yourself, I, I, I've just done too much. I've been too bad. God can't forgive me. Whatever the sin, whatever the lifestyle is, I, I just you, you think that God can't accept you. Well, if that's what you think, then go read the story of King Manasseh. Second Kings 21, and, and then also in Second Chronicles, the end of chapter 32 and into chapter 33. Manasseh was the son of King Hezekiah in the northern kingdom of Judah. And Hezekiah had done a tremendous work in bringing the people of Israel back to worshiping God. I mean, he had done an amazing work because they had strayed so far. Hezekiah brought them back. And when Manasseh became king, he went about undoing everything that his dad had done. And he led Israel into blatant and willful disobedience. He erected altars to the gods Baal and Asherah. He built altars to other gods in the temple of the Lord. 
He sacrificed his own son, burned him as a sacrifice to one of these pagan gods. He practiced witchcraft, sought after omens, consulted mediums. Bible says that he killed so many of his own people in Israel that blood ran from one end of Jerusalem to the other. And you've all heard, I'm sure, the prophet Isaiah. It's not in the Bible, but Jewish tradition says that he had Isaiah tied between two trees and he sawed him in half. God had finally had enough of Manasseh and the children of Israel. And he sent the Assyrians in to conquer them. And they took Manasseh away. And I believe the Bible says, Greg, that they put a ring through his nose and tied a chain to that ring and marched him 1,500 miles to Babylon. And they threw him in a dungeon. And while he was sitting in that dungeon in captivity, 1,500 miles from home, he began to think. And when he began to think, he started to repent. He prayed to God for forgiveness for everything that he had done. Now let me ask you, if you were God, forget that. If your boss, your, your leader, one of your friends had, had murdered your son, your daughter, somebody like that, somebody you love, and then came back to you and asked for forgiveness, would you forgive them? Manasseh had done all of these things. I mean, there's, there's, there's reason to believe that he was even worse than Hitler if you read everything that he did in the Bible. And he prayed to God and sincerely repented and God forgave him. And not only did he forgive him, but he sent him back to the northern kingdom of Judah and put him back on the throne. Made him king again. And then... Manasseh went 180 degrees in the other direction. Tore down all of the idols and altars he had put to those pagan gods and, and set about leading the children of Israel back to worshiping the one true God. So if God will do that for somebody like Manasseh, don't ever think that you're too far gone. Don't ever think that you're so bad Amen. that Jesus can't forgive you of your sins. Because He can Now, I will say this. Later on in the Bible, the Israelites were conquered again, and it says that it was largely due to the sins that they committed under Manasseh. And the lesson here is that there are consequences to sin on earth. And the illustration I like to use is if Dan Scott goes out and robs a bank and I get sentenced to 25 years in prison, and in the third year I'm in there, I find Jesus, accept Him as my Savior. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven, but I ain't getting out of jail. Sin has consequences. But the point is, guys, that God forgave David. He forgave Manasseh. He forgave Dan Scott. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with Christ. But He can forgive you. He's done a miracle in my life, guys. Several miracles, in fact. But I still struggle. You know, I'd like to tell you that my life has been sunshine and rainbows since I came to Christ almost 11 years ago. But it hasn't. I have to throw myself at the mercy of Jesus to carry me through things that I still don't have the human strength to get done. One of my favorite preachers is Dr. David Jeremiah. And in a message some time ago, he said this quote, he said, the Christian life is not just about fellowship and forgiveness. It's also about fighting the war. The forgiveness of past sins has got to be followed by the deliverance from present sins. And if you're not at war, listen to this now. He said, if you're not at war, you might not even be a Christian. I don't think it's possible, Dr. Jeremiah said, to be a believer and not be at war in your heart. So even though I'm a Christian and my life has been changed, I still have that 
that old sin nature. And I'm going to have it until I get to heaven in my glorified body in a place that's 100% free from sin and 100% ruled by the power and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. See, salvation is it's instantaneous, but it's also a process. When you give your life to Christ, you're saved from the penalty of sin. During the time on earth after that, in the process is called sanctification, you're being saved constantly from the power of sin. But then when we get to heaven, we're going to be free of the presence of sin. But until then, I have to be on my guard every single day. Show of hands, how many of you guys have heard somebody say, God will never give you more than you can handle? What a crock. What an absolute crock. That's nowhere in the Bible. God will definitely give you more than you can handle. You know why? So you have to rely on Him. Because if we could do it ourselves, if we could get through every situation ourselves, if we could break those bonds of sin ourselves, we wouldn't need a Savior. But we need a Savior. You seem to see that thing a lot on Facebook. I call it Facebook theology. Personally speaking, guys, I need Him every single day. And I can only tell you from my own experience, and it's different for everybody, but the day that I got saved, my desire to drink went away just like that. And and only on a rare occasion will Satan tempt me with alcohol. But when it comes to sex, women, pornography, the places where he had the strongest grip on me, that's the battle that I have to take to the foot of the cross on a daily basis. Guys, I work on a college campus. I sit right courtside broadcasting basketball games and during halftime or during commercial breaks, you know what the entertainment is, don't you? Cheerleaders and dance teams. Come on now. You feel me? The devil knows my weakness. He knows how to attack me. And I discovered that I couldn't withstand those attacks on my own. But see, I don't have to because I've got Jesus in my heart and I've got the Holy Spirit. And and He's the strength that I don't have and He fights battles that I, in my human strength, can't win. And now whenever Satan tempts me, and it happens almost every day, almost every day, I pray. I pray for God to put a filter on my thoughts, to put blinders on my eyes, and to help me to remain faithful to the woman that I love. And since that day, June the 10th of 2012, I've been faithful to her because he's been faithful to me. He won't always remove the source of temptation, but the Bible says that he will provide a way out. He won't always keep you from walking through a valley, but he'll go through it with you. He won't remove the obstacle, but he'll help you get through it. And sometimes when you can't do it, He'll carry you. So what I want to leave with you guys tonight is this. Jesus loves you. He willingly came to this earth in full human form, but still fully God. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as a perfect sacrifice for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. He rose on the third day victorious over sin and death. And now He sits on the right hand of the Father in heaven. He's making intercession for you. He's making intercession for me. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's paved the way. He's done all the work. There's nothing that you can do. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't give enough money to charity. You can't complete a program. He's done it all. And all you have to do is accept that free gift. And that can be difficult for men to process sometimes. Can I get a witness? Because 
I think most of us, at least of a certain generation, we were taught that we have to work for everything that we get. And we're taught that if it's broke, we have to fix it. Well, you ask my wife, if something's broke at my house and I try to fix it, it gets more broke. But as I said a minute ago, when it comes to salvation, there's nothing we can do. No amount of money we can give, no amount of work we can do, no good deeds, nothing. Jesus has already done it. He has fulfilled the requirement as the perfect sacrifice. He paid the penalty. All we have to do, and it's so simple, and guys, I made it so much harder than it needed to be with all of the stuff that was going on in my head. But literally, it's the old ABC, ask, believe, and confess. Confess that we're sinners in need of a Savior. Recognize that Jesus is that Savior. Ask Him to forgive us of our sins and come and live in our hearts. And if you'll do that, and, and not just say it, but really mean it, then you can experience what the Bible calls joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a free gift, but it's a gift that you have to ask for. If you're here tonight and you're not sure that if you died this evening that you'd be with Jesus in heaven, will you make the most important decision that you can ever make by accepting Christ as your Savior and Lord? You may have questions, and I can promise you that you're never going to understand it all intellectually. I talked about my dad been preaching for over 50 years. I talked about Dr. Jeremiah, men of God who've been doing this for 50, 60 years or more, and they'll tell you there are things in this Bible they don't understand. But if they could understand it all, then we wouldn't have to have faith. That's why we have to have faith. And Jesus talked about having the faith of a mustard seed. You guys know what a mustard seed is? It's a seed that's so small that it's almost invisible to the human eye. And yet you plant that seed and a huge plant grows out of it. If you'll come to Him with just that small, tiny bit of faith and honestly seek that relationship with Him, then He'll come into your life and that small, almost invisible faith that you have that you don't understand will start to grow. And I can promise you one thing. Every person in this room tonight is going to make a decision. Tonight. You're going to say yes. You're going to say no. Or you're going to put it off. And say maybe. Or I'll do it later. But not to decide is to decide not to. So there are really only two choices. Yes or no. And nobody here can make the decision for you. There's no guarantee that any of us are going to see tomorrow. Much less next week, next month, or next year. I know we all have plans. I have plans. But we have no guarantees. And the Bible doesn't say anything about a tomorrow salvation or a next week salvation. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And God, I don't... Guys, I don't know how the, the Holy Spirit moves. I don't understand it, but I can feel Him here tonight. And, and not to say this will be your only chance, but you may never have another chance like this where the Spirit is, is so present here this evening. And right now, you've got two voices speaking to you. You've got the devil telling you this guy up here is crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just feeding you a line. Or maybe he's telling you like we talked about a moment ago that you've been too bad and you've got to get yourself straightened up before you can even think about coming to Christ. But the other voice is God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, saying, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Turn your burdens over to Christ, men. Give Him your sins, your struggles, your anger, your shame, your inability to cope, your inability to forgive, whatever it is. I don't need to know that. But God already knows. God already knows. Whatever it is, Jesus is asking you to come to Him tonight. And whatever the battle is moving forward, 
He'll be with you every step of the way. Guys, don't let your past rob you of a future with Jesus Christ. A future that guarantees eternal life that can start right here tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for the awesome privilege that You have given me to to be here this evening. As I said earlier, just incredibly blessed and humbled to have the opportunity to to share with these men. And Lord, I I, I don't know, and as I said, I I would not pretend to know their struggles and, and what they've been going through. But I hope that if nothing else here tonight by being as transparent as I can be, that, that they'll see that, that there's a Savior waiting for them. That all they have to do is ask. All they have to do is ask. Thank you for Greg. Thank you for the work of everybody who's pouring in to these men. I thank you for these men who have come here seeking help and just pray that you'll be with each and every one of them as, as they try to get through whatever it is they're struggling with and then get back to their families and get back to work and get back to, to doing the things that they all want to do with the people that they love. But my prayer is when it's all said and done that the person that they'll love most is Jesus Christ. Protect us, go with us. Everything we accomplish, Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be back to wrap up this edition of the Dan Scott Show in just a moment. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online digital and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. We are back to put a wrap on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. Hope you enjoyed that talk that I was blessed to give to the men at Hope Center Ministries here in South Carolina. As I said earlier, that's just the second time that I've been asked to speak at a drug and alcohol rehab center. And it is a very unique audience, obviously. And you've got men in those facilities who are going through 
so many different things in their lives. And the, the most important part for me is, is not only are they attempting to get clean, but they're doing it in a facility that has a Christian-based program. So they're, they're getting the help that they need for the physical addiction, but they're also getting the help they need for their spiritual situation. And uh, I just thank Greg Wilson again for inviting me to come and speak at Hope Center Ministries. And Greg, by the way, is a graduate of that program, finished it a little over a year ago. And what God is doing in his life now has just been amazing. So look, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, And one of the reasons that we're doing this show, as you know, is to tell stories of God still working in the lives of people today, stories that you don't hear in the mainstream media. And while this was me talking, it was all set up because of the work that God has done in Greg's life, bringing him to a point where he knew that he needed help, that he couldn't go any further. And I don't think Greg will mind me sharing this. It was an alcohol addiction. He needed that help, but more than that, he needed the spiritual help. He got that at Hope Center Ministries. And I would just encourage you, if you are listening wherever you are in whatever part of the world, if you or someone you know is battling an addiction of any kind, seek help. And there are wonderful secular facilities that can give you the kind of help you need. But if possible, seek one that also has a corresponding Christian faith-based program. Because when the two work together, God can do miraculous things in people's lives. And we're seeing that here in in the two different facilities that I've spoken at over the last year. And and both run by guys named Greg, both run by guys who... Uh, were alcoholics who graduated those programs, Greg Whitfield and now Greg Wilson. The key has been that God has done an amazing work in their life. So I just encourage you, reach out. If you need someone to facilitate getting you in touch with one of these guys, by all means, email me, dan at danscottshow.org. Or we have a telephone number. Area code 864-788-9596. 864-788-9596. You can call that number to request any information you want about Grand Slam Ministries. If you have any questions about anything we're doing, call, email, website. You can fill out the contact form there, and I personally will reach back out to you. That's a promise. Thank you so much for your time. I uh, apologize again for my voice. We'll be back next week with another edition of the show. Hopefully in full voice with another interview telling stories about God working in the lives of men and women everywhere. Until then, as always, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.